A full house in the Always Soccer in Philadelphia studios. Kevin Kincaid alongside Dave Zeitlin. Matt DeGeorge is with us as well. Baxter is here too. He was whining about something, but uh, we'll, we'll calm him down. We got a we got a special twenty fifth episode episode for you guys. The silver anniversary of of it's always soccer in Philadelphia. Can you believe we, we made, made it, it twenty five? I didn't think we'd get to twenty three or twenty four. And twenty here we are, twenty five. Hey, Unbelievable. No one would have predicted. Listen, eleven months later. 25 episodes, 20,000 listens, and now we're preparing for Game of Thrones night. <laughs> at that was Energy. a good column. For anyone who hasn't read it, please check out Kevin's Game of Thrones column. I appreciate that. I wonder. He compares you... El Sino to a guy who uh, danced around a lot and, <laughs> and made some good moves and then got his head uh, squashed. So yeah. I think it's a pretty good comparison. Well, I do wonder what the cross-section is like between Philadelphia Union and uh, Game of Thrones fans. I, I think... Uh, I think uh, I I would say that there's a large portion of Philadelphia Union fans who probably are. I'm a big fan. I'm excited. But you're not. How excited are you for the actual night against Swansea City? Uh, Not that. I'm not as excited as uh, you guys who were there at Penn today for the entire training. Let's not not go that far. (laughs) Yeah, it really wasn't. I'm not excited. It wasn't that exciting. Yeah, Swansea City's in town uh, Saturday night against the uh, Philadelphia Union in your annual Friendly against a mid-table, or in this case, uh, bottom, well, close to the bottom of the table, um, Premier League A glorified League side. championship side. A glorified championship side. Uh, yeah, training at, at Penn Day. It was rainy. It was crappy. They brought the Welsh uh, weather with them. Uh, they looked uh, pretty sharp. Otherwise, I thought, uh, you know, we talked to Paul Clement after, uh, Paul Clement after um, training and uh, Leon Britton and a couple other guys. Do you have any takeaways? A- abs- absolutely none. Uh, what about I me? To, Why are you guessing me? I was there. I, I, <laughs> talked to, I talked to Lucas Fabianski, who sort of remembered playing with Jay Simpson at Arsenal. Uh, That's a good so scoop. Not, mm. not a ton going on there. And to be quite honest, so that we don't have to talk about Swansea, <laughs> uh, I'm very glad that we have these these moments in Union history that we can look back on for this for this memorial twenty yeah. fifth so, podcast. Listen, I'm 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 impressed with these two guys because they just spent the last half hour forty five minutes <laughs> actually doing prep work for the podcast. I don't I don't think I've done any the first time in history. Yeah, I don't think I've done any prep uh, prep work at all. Full um, full disclosure, I'm procrastinating doing other things for the other parts of my job. Yeah, but you know. Whatever. It's, hey, it's well, still effort. We're glad to have you here. We figured, you know, since there wasn't much going on this week and since we beat all the union topics to death uh, last week, that uh, we would spend the 25th episode uh, ranking the ch- top 25. What, what, what are we qualifying? 25 as? most crazy, most memorable, union, most, most union yeah, moments most union in, moments in union the, history. So, yeah. yeah, pretty much anything that really caught and our there attention. And there were a lot of them. We had, uh, yeah, we had to cut some out. <laughs> they were alarmingly, as you'll see, they are alarmingly not, uh, yeah. not, not, not exactly things that you would celebrate. Not good, Bob. And, and we're, we're going to ask you to take notes at home because if you, if you write down the first letter of every moment, <laughs> it is going to spell out the name of the number 10 that they're going to sign. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, there's a little Illuminati uh, going on here. Listen, is that part uh, of your prep, coming up with that joke? That, hey, that's I, pretty good. I, I, had, I had to do the prep for something. These guys are both literally sitting, sitting downstairs uh, on my couch working on this thing. I'm impressed. You know, We're taking It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia to the next level. 
or are we? Hey, they're paying us and, and their money. So. And to be fair, after remembering all these union things afterwards, we are both going to drink heavily yeah, I need and a margarita clear after this. all of it out of our memories. All right. That being said, uh, so without further, uh, I'll drop one in there later. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, Get a dramatic number 25. The number 25. That's what your money's going towards. Yeah. A yeah, drum yeah. roll. Yeah, this is what you guys paid for. Nice. Right. Number 25, Dave Zetland. Number 25, the first ever game in franchise history, and we get a first ever um, a red card to uh, to uh, Tony Stahl, and uh, <laughs> and um, David Myrie is never to be seen again. Yeah, he's so. never to be seen again, yeah. That, that probably should have been a, a sign that this might not go terribly well. <laughs> in Nobody retrospect, that makes perfect sense. Just so, uh, all of it. So I'm... Um, where did you guys watch the game? I remember going to that uh, big Dark Horse bar. They had a big uh, Sons of Ben party. A Dark Horse exciting. pub, yeah, which yeah. doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that was a nice spot. I was probably sitting there at Channel 3. I don't think <laughs> I watched the first game. Uh, Matt I, wasn't I, born yet. Full, full, full disclosure, <laughs> I was still in college then. Well, the funny uh, thing about so. it, too, is that Danny, Danny Califf probably should have been sent off. I think he uh, chopped down Freddie Youngberg or something on like one yeah. of the very first plays of the game. There was an elbow that came out or something that was It was a weird lineup, too. I remember seeing the lineup being like, this makes no sense. Yeah. And that started us on and, the yeah, Peter Novak, like, just kind of does what he wants. Whole and, there were, there. <laughs> and there were two guys in that game that started and then never played again. Install and Myrie. They yeah. just never played again. It's crazy, isn't it? And I think the thing with David Myrie was that they were trying to make room at the time. They were interested in signing, uh, God, who the hell is that Brazilian guy who played for DC? Luciano, uh, Luciano Emilio okay. was a story that they were trying to clear room. David Myrie said he didn't know why the hell he was traded. I don't think anybody knew, but I think we kind of circled it back to they were trying to clear space for that pursuit which failed so but yeah it was strange danny mwanga was playing in the midfield mm-hmm. that game michael orozco was known as michael orozco fiscal, fiscal. at that time and he lost two nothing to seattle is that right yeah it was kind of i think freddie montero scored and somebody else scored but uh and they wore the most horrendous uniform combination <laughs> i think it was like the tan the khaki shorts with like the uh yeah mismatching like navy uh, i'm colorblind anyway so well, yeah know, looking back they look like people i trust as i look bad. back on those jerseys it looked like in a movie where you don't really get the rights to something <laughs> and you just have to kind of yeah. mimic what you think a sports jersey was like that's kind of what those yeah, they look like they showed the up to the uh to ysc um and they just bought like generic ripoff jerseys from like uh asia or something on ebay for really cheap <laughs> Number 24. Uh, Number 24. Number 24. The, the saga of uh, Mo Adu. Um, mm. As we know, he hasn't played much in the last couple of years. And uh, number 24 is, you know, the day he got hurt in practice, the day before he was finally going to return after being out one year. And it was a weird freak injury. And he'll probably, he'll probably uh, never play um, Another again, union game uh, again? Again for the union? Yeah, or, for the record, we don't know when he's going to play again. We don't <laughs> yeah. have an update yeah, on let's him. let's get that out of the but way. But I, I will say that that day, the game after was the, the series finale, or was the season finale last yeah, year. Yeah, New York. And there was just that weird vibe of everyone was just really down because they knew what had happened to Mo and having witnessed that in training. It was it's it was just a weird moment for a lot of people. I yeah, think. it was a shame, too, because... Um, you know, Maurice, I, I know people point to, uh, you know, people say, how much did he really care about playing here? Was he just, did he just come back here to get back in the United States national team picture? But, you know, I mean, here's a guy who came back to play midfield, and then uh, his coach got fired, and then he got pushed back on the back line, and then uh, they tried to sign 
put him back in the midfield in 2015. They tried to sign a replacement, Stephen Vittoria. That didn't work out. So then Mo ended up on the back. I, I don't think he's been anything but he's a good a captain. Good, a good I mean, soldier guys throughout. Like him, the, I and mean, I think yeah, he's, he's been a, a great professional. Yeah. And yeah. I think he's been part of helping to recruit maybe some of these other U.S. national teamers. But for sure, um, for sure. I just I think it's um yeah. I mean, if I had to put money on it, I don't think he ever plays again for the Union. But um, yeah. if uh, he does play again, then you can. This will be posted online. Update our list for everybody here. All right, now number 23 is something that we know is very (laughs) close to Dave Zeitlin's heart. The craziness of the U.S. Open Cup, uh, all the uh, weather delays, and the uh, dust storm of – what year was the dust storm? That was 2014. I think that was 2014 against the Revs. So we decided just the parking lot was unpaved, right? And there was a big kind of like – That might have been Something rolling through. No, I think it was the Revs. Oh, was it? Okay. Uh – they were yeah. both weather delayed, so it could have been either one of them. Yeah, well, yeah. that's just, yeah. I feel like there was always, for every year there was something, Baxter piped down over there. Uh, I feel like there was always something, um, yeah. with whatever game. I actually have know? our list here, going back to uh, 2012, there was a uh, monsoon, a uh, lightning delay, an extra time <laughs> winner from Antoine Hopeno. <laughs> Uh, they scored five goals in one game. In, in 2014, there was two straight extra time games against um, lower division teams, a, a dust storm, a, a shootout, or two shootouts, actually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've had crazy stuff happen. Them throughout. An, Those are then, just two years. And so. that's not even mentioning the uh, accident on the Platte Bridge where you and I got stuck <laughs> stuck on yeah. the way to uh, Boyd's, Maryland. So. But the, we uh, decided dust... not to even go. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we just couldn't. turned around. But the um, dust storm was good because of some uh, commentary from our friend uh, Karif there. Yeah, he. I was just shooting video of it, and uh, in the background, <laughs> And you just hear Kreeth going, yo, but that dust storm, though, <laughs> that dust storm. And then uh, the Weather Channel emailed me and asked if they could use the video on their uh, on the on the Weather Channel. So there you go. It was it was uh, big time. Big time. The Union Six made it to, big. Yeah, it was weird. The U.S. Open Cup led to uh, the Weather Channel emailing me. What do, you, what do you got there? 22, a friendly versus uh, Real Madrid and a crazy goal from everyone's favorite uh, Farfin brother or a uh, third favorite Farfin brother or second favorite Farfin <laughs> brother, <laughs> however you land on the Farfin brother. I think he's two on my he, – he's number two for me. Yeah. I put him three. I like Louis. He's, he's always been my It favorite. was a hell of a chip, man. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just remember um, – yeah, I remember that game they came out and they conceded a goal early. And uh, people were, like, genuinely disappointed because that Union defense was really good and they were playing well at the time. And then uh, Real Madrid, of all teams, you know, comes down and scores on him pretty pretty easily. But, yeah, that, that chip was just – I think the thing about it, too, was that he uh, – there was a little nice build-up play, a little couple triangles before it, and then he – Hey, Bax. Uh, right. Baxter does not like that show. Yeah, he, <laughs> he just saw, like, a squirrel or something down there. Um, hey, it's all right, buddy. No, nah, but it was just he just he didn't even really he just he hit it so quick he just picked his head up real quick and just took the shot you know it wasn't like there was uh, you know it was a bang bang play really when you watch it watch the replay you know and it, and it was a moment of of kind of brilliance that a lot of people waited for a long time afterwards yeah. to see Michael Farfin even yeah. come close to duplicating and well I don't think we've seen that he he had a, a crazy goal the next year that a short. Uh, like inside the box, uh, the indirect free kick, indirect yeah. free kick. That was yeah. the Chivas game. And Chivas, so he, craziness. He's probably had two of the craziest goals I'd say in franchise history, right? I, I mean that that's up there. That's that's <laughs> that goal was. We'll get to more later. That goal was quite a weird one, but you know, number twenty-one. Was he was here. always, you know, I'll say he was always. He, I think he was one of the most talented and skilled players on a team that just didn't have a ton of talent and skill so i think you were always kind of waiting for that yeah. moment or expecting him to be like playmaker number 10 and guy was, and he was never really used that was just was position. never really his game yeah and he, he played a little bit wide too and he showed some flashes out wide but mike mike just never 
Um, I think it was almost like weird expectations. You know, when you saw him do, you know, make that chip against Real Madrid, you're like, oh, well, what, what more is there he to come? make the All-Star you know, game, but, which we're getting to later. No, Sorry. Not ass. yet. Sorry. Yeah, okay. All right. What's the next? What, uh, what are we up to? 21. Uh, Harris Medujanin argues against a red card, which <laughs> um, – I think we'll that was pro- fun for us. I think we'll certainly go down as one of the weirder moments, even among the union history. We we canvassed a lot of people after that game uh, against DC a few weeks ago, and I don't think Jim Curtin or or Ben Olson or, or any of those guys had ever heard of anything like that. Yeah, I mean it. And I was trying to think back. I'm like, when you know, you know we were, we were saying on the podcast when that happened that that you know you see like a guy who might cop, might cop to it if the ball goes out off his shin or something or whatever, but. Uh, yeah, in that game it was still one nothing, and Lucho Costa was, you know, pinging in balls at the in the final ten minutes or whatever. But that that just, you know, Harris, who I already think is one of the better quotes on the team and one of the nicer guys that I've covered. Those in quotes were so good. Seven or eight years I've been doing. It. I mean, yeah. yeah. Would you put Would you put him? I, I'd put Harris as, as one as of the, the top quote? five or six guys. Not, I'm not necessarily even the best quote, but one of the just like more nice, enjo- yeah, enjoyable yeah, guys yeah, to sure. talk to. Yeah, yeah. Those uh, post game quotes after that game from him were great. From uh, Gooch were great. From mm-hmm. Ali were great. They're all just kind of like ribbing him in some ways, but like, I guess he's <laughs> he's trying to like win the the fair play award. Yeah, to be honest, but it was fun. But it's a good thing that they won because if they didn't win because of that, Otherwise. I feel like it'd be a, a, well. A and he gets tune, a, a he gets room. a swipe in there at, at Felipe too, so I think that went over well. But now it just it just um, you know it 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 it, it the, the irony of it too is that it's a Philadelphia player who's uh, who's doing that when all the all the years of uh, you know trashing and whatnot <laughs> that we that we've heard yeah. about the your town your team. So all right, what else we got here? So at number twenty, Peter Novak makes his triumphant first appearance of what will be many uh when he announces the carlos ruiz departure in a post-game press conference yeah i think um i think it was um uh, jasner who asked the question too and it, it, it had nothing to do with that and he, and he just went off on a tangent it's like he blamed the fans he called them the fish he just said like it was like a weird rambling quote that was like he's not going to be here anymore. We're like okay. I guess, I do I do guess you remember what game that was? I think they won the game, didn't they? I remember Roger Torres scored and made a fish motion up to Carlos Ruiz, who was sitting in yeah. the in the suite. That there. was the Colorado yeah. game. That was the only loss that they had at home in 2011. But I'm trying to think. I thought the Carlos thing was. I thought it was actually a game that he played. I don't know. Maybe it was that game. Maybe it was the game that they lost. He didn't yeah. play because we asked, like, what, uh, where was he, just not thinking much of it. And okay. he's like, oh, yeah, it's the fans' fault. The he's fans play drove again. him out. Like, oh, okay, that's, I guess trans- that's one reason. To transferring him to second division Mexico or whatever. Which, in retrospect, now that we've seen everything that went on behind the scenes in the Peter Novak era, uh, yeah, a lot of things. A lot of things going on that yeah, had nothing to do a lot with the fans then. Yeah, there's a lot that needs to be parsed uh, when it comes to the Peter Novak era. That might be for the something for the book a little bit later. But if you're but listening... Before Carlos Ruiz, I left. He did score one of the best goals in uh, franchise history. Maybe the best one, goal in franchise history. Number one, yeah. For According me. to you? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Don't, I don't know if it's number one because it was a little, a little luck to it, but... It was, uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess he... You know, if you're saying that he's normally right-footed, you know, that yeah. I guess there is an element of he just, you know tried whacking it and see where it goes but it hit off the <laughs> top top it across was, per- it was perfectly placed 30 yards yeah well if you're listening to the uh show congratulations because you're the reason that carlos ruiz left yeah philadelphia but you're also the reason that we have this podcast <laughs> that's right so without further ado so, the next so, one so clearly you've atoned for yeah. whatever sins peter Novak we've come got. full circle absolutely yeah, yeah. 
Uh, number 19, Danny Califf's controversial exit. So yeah, right oh back God. onto the uh, – yeah. it's. It, it, I, I'm just going to say this. Look, going through this list, it's amazing how many of these Exits top 25 firing. moments are some kind of person leaving the union. Are there – yeah. We I t- would say about a dozen of the top 25 <laughs> are people either leaving <laughs> – or being let go, or is there any positive? Are there any positive? Well, there's like two. Positive. There's a couple. We'll get there. Okay, we'll there's get there. a couple. Okay. Danny Kalis exit was. was yeah. He was so popular, and the fans just were not happy with that one. I think the most the most difficult thing in retrospect about Danny Kalis' exit is that Novak followed less than a month later. Yeah. So yeah. it's almost like if he just could have. And I don't even know if the trade windows are different now that he might not even have been able to make that move then. Well, and Latou, Um, did Latou happen before or after? Spoiler, later in the list. Oh, I'm It was before. Um, Latou Latou and uh, Mondragon were both the crazy ones in the preseason. Mm -hmm. And And then Danny's came in. Danny's was 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 in like mid-May. Yeah. Right, because Sebastian came back with He didn't play. Caleb didn't play the first game. And I know that was like, he's hurt. And Caleb was like, I'm not hurt. I don't know what he's talking about. That's strange. It was kind of a bad that. thing. And then Peter Novak said that Caleb wanted to play out in California. And Caleb's like, no, I'm I'm very happy. It was Chivas or Toronto. Yeah. yeah, they were down to trading him at Chivas right. or Toronto. I think so they Danny, gave him a choice. The irony of that, too, is that, that Danny yeah. wanted to say he'll go anywhere but Toronto. And now they're like a destination everybody wants to be, too. But I remember and that he Danny, ended up in Toronto through the reentry draft eventually yeah. for a couple months before he finally called time on his career. And needless so. to say, uh, Danny's wife was not happy about it. Uh, posted something on Facebook that was quickly. I think it's, I think it's ex-wife now. Ex, well, <laughs> quickly deleted. Um and the, the the funny thing about it was uh, that Peter then after Danny was traded moved Shane and Williams to center back and uh, started Ray Gaddis out on the right. So I think your defense for 2012 was for a little bit after that was Carlos Val- was Gabriel Farfan, <laughs> Carlos Valdez, Shane and Williams, and Ray Gaddis. That was a fun season. <laughs> you almost wonder what would happen a little bit yeah. if if. Caliph was allowed to kind of age in place and, you know, do a short circuit some of those 2013 defensive disasters. Maybe if he stays and yeah. is able to at least be serviceable. Or, or 2013 was the year that they had the good defense, and oh, then 2014 yeah, right. it kind of went downhill. But, uh, you know, the upside was that I guess you got Michael LaHood out of that trade, which. I mean, he uh, was a, created he a, was lot a, of, contributor a lot of feature for... stories, if nothing else. <laughs> and Mike was Mike an was interesting a, guy. Mike was, was a solid guy. contributor too. Yeah, I mean, um, he's one of our best friends. That's a whole other thing. But yeah, they you know it's funny too is after they did the Shane and Williams center back experiment was that Peter scrapped that two games later and they played three five two actually for yeah for a couple games. Yeah, the Chicago road game in twenty twelve and the game that followed the defense was Carlos Valdez. Chris Albright and uh, I think Gabe Farfan. Chris Albright, what happened to him? Yeah, I'd have to go back and look that up. But that's an interesting. Uh, that's an interesting tactical. <laughs> he'll he'll feature a couple wrinkles. more times in the countdown. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. what do we got? What's up, Dan? We are up to number eighteen, which was the. You're 20- doing a great job reading this list for me. You are doing a great job. You're doing much yeah. better than me. Yeah. Uh, the tw- that's why you brought me in, right? Yeah. Exactly. The 2012 All Star Game in Philadelphia. Um, that's a positive. Maybe which positive. was we yeah. talked about that. In the last pod, is um, David Beckham kind of flew in oh, like on the field right yeah. before the game and then yeah. flew out right after. I mean, in absolute terms, it, it, well, it that wasn't a game that I covered, but it, it was certainly a game I remember watching. It was an entertaining game. It was game. a great game. I mean, Eddie Johnson game-winning goal. Yeah, yeah 3-2, 3-2 over Chelsea. Chris Pontius scored that day. Michael Farfin played. Carlos Valdez is, played. Is allowed to now <laughs> forever be called an MLS All-Star um, as a result of, of that selection. So Romelu Lukaku played. 
in that game too. I think he I started. So. Yeah, Frank Lampard. <laughs> Frank Lampard scored in that Lampard. game. John Terry scored too. He Wasn't it Terry well? and Lampard? Yes, yeah, yeah. No, it was interesting. It was. Um, yeah, the funny thing was that Peter was uh, he's me the head coach supposed to coach and then it they fired because they had the press conference announcing it and he was there and then he got shit canned and right? they wouldn't give John Hackworth the job they gave it to Ben Olsen with Hackworth <laughs> as his top assistant yeah and I remember there was a great there was a great quote from that too um, where we were at the training session and uh, I think Ivis or somebody said so how are you and uh, Ben going to divide up the coaching duties and Hack, Hack was like well he's going to take one five v two and I'll take the other five v two. That was the, that was the extent of the coaching they were doing. That was fun, man. That was a good game. And I, my biggest takeaway from that actually was that you played the, in the media game, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I played my team. It was me. It was Jeff Agus and um, all of the guys from like uh, Univision or whatever, you know. So it was me, Jeff Agus, and, and, and like you five in Spanish goal, guys. And Charlie Flo scored on you, if I remember correctly. Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know, you don't talk about that. But, but I just beyond added that, you to the nobody world. nobody wants to talk about the five goals that I scored in the other in the other game. <laughs> But now the it was funny bias. after the after the um, after the All Star game itself, there was this huge. Do you remember the huge tent was set up outside of um, the stadium? And there was like free beer and free food and all this stuff. I'm like, this is great, man. We got to do this more often because there ain't nowhere else to go yeah. around the stadium after the game. Still, so, like, yeah. still four years later. Yeah. All right. So number seventeen, Carlos Valdez, and the end of his Union legacy. Speaking I, of the All Star, I, I, I don't know about you, but one of my lasting memories of, of Carlos Val- Valdez is is him in street clothes and at YSC, yeah. you know, kind of huddled together with Chris Albright as they're leaving. That was the I think that was the first day of training camp in 2015 it was snowy that day up at yeah. YSC. Yeah, um, that was certainly an experiment that did not go terribly well for Jim Curtin. Which is tough because he was like so like liked and popular in his first stint. He was one of the team's most he like, just kind of re- like, popular players well, and I think he, he came back and it just, it just, it just wasn't the same. He, he also wasn't that great. I didn't think that when he came back, like he was obviously Curtin takes the job in 2014 and mm-hmm. that's when Raiz comes in and that's when Valdez comes in and everyone's like, hey, this is, this is two World Cup veterans. This is the turnaround. And it just never happened. I don't think Valdez played all that well. Had some moments, but wasn't that great. Yeah, because he was—he was he coming back from? He was coming back from San Lorenzo. Well, yeah, because the first yeah. loan was to Colombia, then the second loan was to San Lorenzo. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I just remember that was a whole big thing too. Like whether he would come back. Like, like oh, different I, people I just had remember, different I just remember tangling with like South American yeah. media on that, and I was getting fed so much horse shit from like five different. Well, Curtin was that telling was us. A, Curtin was telling yeah. us like he's probably going to come back, and then we'd say that, and and we guys saying no way, he's not coming back. So, yeah, that was. Well, a we whole, asked him straight saga, up, but yeah. there was something. Him and Nick Sakovich were sitting up there at a press conference, and I remember they were talking about the World Cup, and I just threw like a feeler out there. I was like, "Is there a, a chance that a certain Philadelphia Union Union loanee might be coming back?" And Jim goes, "Yes." <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe there's something there. But then it, it devolves into all this bullshit with South American media that like to just feed you all this crap and lie about this and lie about that and report things that aren't true. And, you know, it's another, it's another story that is, for... That's another podcast. That's another, really, that's, uh, yeah. Our yeah. South America podcast coming, yeah, yeah. coming next week. Kincaid versus the South American media. Oh, boy. Uh, number 16, uh, the... The 2013 presser, since we're on the subject of, of first day training camps, uh, <laughs> at YSC. First day training camps at YSC, awful. 2013, awful. Um, which full disclosure was my first day actually covering this, 
covering the union uh, in general, or as a beat writer, R.I.P. Really. Chris Vito. I know. Uh, poor Chris Vito. Um, He's alive. He is, yeah. But we, <laughs> and well. we walk in. He's at Temple, so sort of. Uh, we walk into the, the first press conference with John Hackworth that day, and before we even start asking questions, John has a... Uh, a little bit of an aside and says Freddie Adu is is no longer part of the union's plans which set off then four months it felt like of well what are you getting for him is he still here where is he and it eventually dovetailed right into the whole Cleberson saga yeah because I remember John we were in like the laundry room or the Yeah, where were we we were in the laundry room or something and he's like he wanted to and he waited because the very first thing he said is like I'll talk about this yeah, one time and one and then, time and then I will yeah. never talk about Freddie Adu ever again yeah was yeah. kind of the tone that he struck because they just um, yeah they couldn't move I mean they they didn't know what to do with his salary so they just they figured out they'd just swap it with they just do a swap deal with another team who had another unwanted player, and that's how Cleberson ended up here in the first place. But I don't, you know, I always wondered why Cleberson didn't see more time that year, especially because that midfield yeah. of Brian Carroll and Keon Daniel and Danny Cruz and whoever was on the <laughs> le- whoever was on the left or right, I can't even remember. But I mean, they just they underperformed so much, you know, um, that it caused this huge overcorrection the next year. Remember Nick Sakevich coming out and saying we went and got Vince Nogueira and Maurice Adu and Christian Maidana right. because our midfield was not. What we it's wanted terrible. it to be, yeah. Right. And the, the thing with Freddie was, it was it just, I mean, we saw those moments of brilliance from him, but he had a great I, moment. I, it, was it versus the Red Bulls? It was like some of the best soccer I've seen played. And at then the he stadium. was red card. And he was red card. Yeah. It's like okay, because so. he had a well. There's what di- he got a he got a yellow for diving, and then he got mm-hmm. a second yellow for yeah, just like a regular bad tackle or something. So he was all didn't he get sent off in the first half? Yeah. <laughs> he had a few just, good moments, but thing, just yeah. Hackworth, as soon as he got the job, he didn't want to play Freddie, and he kept saying he like liked Freddie Adu, like they go back a long ways, um, but he just didn't want to play him. He didn't see him in his plans, and yeah. that, that's what happens when you change coaches, and it's happened to uh, Freddie Adu a lot of times. A lot of times in his career. He's, he's been bad, but he, he's been unlucky, too, I'd say. Well, was, How's he doing was, these days, Freddie Adu? Yeah, it was done, and it was done without a lot of foresight, I think. Um and everything about the announcement and everything about the way they went about it kind of showed that, and it led well, to. Well, I, a- I think honestly, looking back on it now, it's probably just part of the overall purging that they did of Peter's roster. You know, they got rid of all those foreign guys that had the questionable contracts with the Diego Gutierrez connections. Uh, that's a name that doesn't come up that often in Philadelphia Union lore. You know, Diego Gutierrez. You know, there was some shady shit going on there too. I think I think the yeah. pa- I think the powers that be around Diego worked very hard to to make to sure that make that sure that the there's case. not. Yeah. yeah, that's a very good point. But you know, they got rid of Porfirio Lopez, Gabriel Gomez, Josue Martinez. Um, all the 2012 signings, basically. Basically, all the yeah. 2012 signings. Some, yeah, some of whom were were, were good players. Good, were good pieces. Gabriel Gomez is still Gabriel, kicking it in the Gold Cup. Yeah. Is he Gabriel not? Gomez, yeah. uh, it's that 12 Gold Cup. I that 20, so. <laughs> 2013, they're probably a playoff yeah. team if yeah. they have Gabriel Gomez. But huh. that's neither here nor there. What's next? Number fifteen, YSC Academy opens. Big day. That's uh, a positive. September 2013. I think in retrospect, it'll probably look like a little bit of a bigger moment down the road. Uh, perhaps yeah. depending on how things progress, but it's the first uh, of its kind in uh, in uh, North American sports, the first school they say, so. and a and a big kind of Soccer a big show. day up there with with Richie Graham, who I think I was to, not up there for that actually. To this well, you it, were up, you were up there, yeah. To yeah. this point, I think Richie Graham had been kind of a 
uh, a quiet figure in all of this. And I think yeah. he's taken a much larger role through YSC and through the resources he's put into helping the union's development. Mm-hmm. I think that was one of the the first few times that um, that uh, that Jay Sugarman really spoke, um, probably in the first handful. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, because remember, we didn't get him for there. like, yeah, he didn't talk for the first few stretch years, of like five years yeah. then until we had that press conference. Yeah. He, t- yeah. he talked once in like 2011, I think. Yeah, because I think then, then yeah, he came back for the Muhlenstein thing after that was the yeah. next time, remember? Yeah, I was like, wow, much. we can finally get him. Yeah, you know, it was, and that defined, not only was it something that they needed, but that redefined a lot of, um, you know, exactly streamlined what they were doing with the youth, the youth system because, you know, you had the stories of Zach Pfeffer and Keegan Rosenberry, PA Classics, and, uh, you know, Christian Pulisic and whatnot, um, you know, these guys that they used to pool from club teams uh, to play in the MLS competitions, but there's no bona fide union uh, youth setup, obviously. Now it's interesting because now that I ref and now that I'm more familiar with the club setup around here, not everybody is totally enamored with the way the Philadelphia Union do things, but just like fandom in Philadelphia and a way a lot of people are with sports around here, there's a lot of these clubs that are old school and kind of hesitant to new ideas and people coming in and what invading clubs? their, name their territory. FC Delco? Gonna, I'm not going to name. I'm not going to They don't well, exist Well, FC Delco doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, but yeah. It, They're it's, continental. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of... Uh, but there were there were not a lot of people who were, who were readily willing to just step aside and let the union right, control and, the youth. And uh, there were compete, you know. there's some competing loyalties still there. And yeah. you get the whole high school, you know, obviously being in the developmental academy means no high school mm-hmm. play and that rubs some people the wrong way. And, you know, there's some different things. There's some different pressures at play there. And there's not a great track record up until, you know, you know, Derek Jones and Austin Trussey were just producer or whatever, but, you know, Zach Pfeffer retired already during <laughs> McLaughlin. Uh, what do you, <laughs> Christian you Hernandez? Christian I'm just saying Zach Pfeffer retired just to, Oh, does not sound right. Yeah, but no, I mean, but Matt did write a great story. But look at it like before. before, So if you're a parent and you're saying like, "Well, am I going to put my kid through the Union Academy?" You know, you have to have uh, uh, testimonials, you know, that say this is what you want to do and this is a good reason to do it. Yeah, and I think it's a moment that maybe looking back in five, ten years will probably take on yeah maybe some outsized outsized importance. Number fourteen, the transfer dealings of the summer 2016. You have Alejandro Bedoya coming in. Charlie Davies? Uh, as, <laughs> yes, Charlie Davies, too. Awesome. But Alejandro Bedoya costs slightly more money and has played just a bit more just often. Just a little bit more. Uh, obviously, uh, kind of a, I guess it's fair to say, a protracted transfer saga there to a degree. Uh, a club record fee being paid for him. It's the biggest and- move in in club history, we decided getting Bedoya, right? Yeah, highest paid player. First yeah. time they went seven figures. And they paid yeah. a trans, trans... Did they pay a transfer fee? Yeah, they I did pay a transfer in, fee. Yeah, because yeah. they had it lined up in 2015. And then um, I don't... I don't. I don't know why it didn't work in 2015. Um, you know, they had the Aristigueta dealings that were going on at the same time with not also. So I wonder if there was just like not overload or some kind of <laughs> strained relation there. I'm not. I'm not really it sure. I know just that, be too many phone calls with Nick. Just yeah, uh, you know, too much of that. Maybe they had to wait for him to move on before. Yeah, I, yeah, there could be something to it. I think Chris Albright was the point of contact for that stuff. But yeah, that's a good thing to. I don't know why. I don't. I don't remember why exactly in 2015 it didn't work out. But they kind of set a precedent for themselves by signing him. You know, because now there's no. You know, you're going to spend 1.1 million on a Swiss Army knife. Then how much is a legitimate number ten worth? You know. <laughs> That's definitely a different show. Is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> that's, that's You're going to take that as a rhetorical show. question? Yeah. Isn't there more to gonna, this list? I mean, and, and of course. As Bedoya came in, we lost course, our favorite uh, karaoke singer. 
Of course, uh, Sebastian Latou going no, out for again. a yeah. second time, two times, yeah, two times. So uh, kind of some odd collateral damage in that in that club icon Latou, <laughs> who's the best player. Yeah, and I finally I finally broke the Ernie firewall for that one for the first time because he's had such a lockdown on you know communications ever ever since he's come. But yeah, I remember the Latou thing and the Davies thing happening like right at the yeah. last minute of the. It was- it was a crazy window. Yeah, yeah. The Davies, the Davies deal actually, I think, wasn't finalized until the day afterwards. Could very well go down as one of the worst deals they've ever done. It was a uh, cool story at the time. It Davies was, and Bedoya, like yeah. two like best friends, and I wrote the feature like you guys wrote too. But it just it, it's yeah. it's just too bad he hasn't. It was he hasn't pretty played. much. It feels like pretty much the opposite of the Gabe Farfan to Chivas for a first round pick. Which was the best deal that ever did. Number two pick. It kind of feels like the opposite. That was like a Sam Hinkie Sacramento Kings fleecing, wasn't it? (laughs) Very much so, yeah. 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 And obviously set up a lot of the rebuild that they were able to do. And that's the only Hinkie mention. That was 2013. Yeah, beginning of 2013, yeah. I think that was a Hackworth Yeah, because uh, Chelis was the coach of uh, Chivas at the time. That's when they were in the phase of just looking for Mexicans. Mexican Americans, yeah, they were trying yes. to like, yeah. All right, lucky number thirteen, uh, which it's a long list. This seems fit. Hey, you came up with twenty five. Uh, <laughs> we've got the uh, the twenty fifteen Open Cup final. Uh, in particular, the way that that game ends, uh, you've got the penalty kick shootout. You got McCarthy in for Blake. The ballsiest um, coaching move in franchise history. Dave and I talked about that it last work. week. Yeah, I said I didn't have any issue with it, but um, what I mean. I don't, I don't know. At the time, were you on on board with that sub or not? I mean, so I think it – to looking back now, it seemed like it made a little bit of sense in the moment, and maybe that was just because yeah, we were in the afterglow of of Euros and, oh, you yeah. know, the yeah. – um, what was the switch that the Netherlands oh, made? Oh, uh, what's in? his face? Tim uh, Tim Krul came Tim on, Krul, didn't he? yeah. That worked, right? Which which worked, yeah, and yeah. we were kind of in the afterglow of that, and thinking oh, maybe this isn't such a uh, bad idea. Now it looks worse now, considering they have the uh, yeah, best goalie in the now league. Now what we know about <laughs> Andre Blake yeah. and what we know about John McCarthy, yeah. I don't know that it's a decision I would make now. I think Curtin was very upfront about it then. Of you know, if I make the decision, you're going to kill me. If not. You know, all those kinds of things. He knew the criticism he was going in for, but it did at least uh, add a memorable flourish to a second straight U.S. Open Cup final loss at home. You guys can go on to the next number. I'm going to look something up here because I'm interested in seeing who was on the bench, who else was on the who, – who did they leave on the bench okay. to, as I recall to, that, to leave a sub? As for, I recall, that game did kind of did drag on. They didn't have – I mean, I remember in 2014, they basically brought Pedro Ribeiro and – I mean, like, who who the hell else off the bench? They didn't really have a bench. Well, and that was the thing. So I'm I'm judge. I would judge the McCarthy penalty sub based on the. I would weigh it based on do they have anybody else to go to um, at the time? Who missed the PKs? Was it Wenger and and Marisa Do? Mo, yeah, Yeah. and then Wenger challenged Mark Narducci to a to a post game shootout of its own, right? Of course, (laughs) as as one is as one is wont to do. All right, I'm gonna look this up. You guys can. All right, all right. Here's who here's who was left on the bench. So I guess Casey oh, yeah. came in. Up too. You got it before yeah. I did. Jeez, okay. You guys are Connor so Casey was on the bench. Wenger came in for Sapong. Casey came in for Maidana. So you still had Warren Craval, Brian Carroll, and Eric Ayuk on the bench. Oh, and Steven okay. Vittoria. So people people I think maybe at the time yeah. were saying you could have brought Ayuk on. I, uh, uh, 
You had already changed one winger. I yeah, don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I I was okay with the sub. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. I think it just looks a little bit odder. Because McCarthy in did did save one. Uh, in the shootout, right? Because it was seven, seven, seven six. six I, I think. think yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right, number twelve. That's good. Though. I'm glad we clarified that. <laughs> Because Dave, no, Dave and I were talking right. about it last week, and then I like forgot who was on the. I and made a point. And I didn't even remember who the. Yeah. Until we come to a consensus, it's, yeah, it's a, a, like a fourteen-part series. It'll be like the Bill Cosby trial. We'll just keep trying until nah, we figure careful, it out. Uh, number twelve, the Union slide. <laughs> that wasn't suggested. <laughs> Sorry, go it, ahead. it's still it's still a good. I was a jury. Was a jury joke. It wasn't a. Anyway, and let's moving on. And it was a good jury joke. Number 12, the Union slide in the playoffs for a second time last season. And Kevin drives to Canada. Which is... And so, does a podcast in his truck on the way. Yeah, you know, I, I, that doesn't even count as a podcast. So this is probably only episode 24, if you really think about it. Are we counting the oh, one no. I just... I cancel, guess, cancel All right, skip, a num- skip the next one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Toronto, man. I just... Um, it's strange. I just don't really have any. I don't know why I drove up there. I guess I was just like, well, I don't, I don't think it's a union playoff re- game. They don't come around that often. But I don't think anyone thought they really had a chance to win. To be honest, like yeah, they got it to two to one. Upsets um, are fun in sports, but the way they were playing at that time and, and the way Toronto was playing, it's their their odds were. Stacked I think everybody them. knew they were lame, a lame duck team, but you know it was two to one for a little bit in that game. Um, Bedoya had the goal. Yeah, he scored twice in Toronto last year. That was weird. Um, and yeah, they he's, had he's, he's only scored against Toronto. He's only scored against Toronto. Yeah, Can he had he the, score? the in chip. In country, a, please. Jeez. Yeah, Bedoya hasn't scored in the United States since returning to the United States. Stats. Yeah, there's a stat for you. <laughs> Hashtag stats. Right, not much else from that game. To yeah. be honest. So. <laughs> oh, that's it. Next. That's quick. Number eleven, the first Open Cup final in uh, in Philly. The Seattle game, obviously, yeah. in 2014. That was a great atmosphere, I got to say. That's, Best atmosphere. That's one of my favorite atmospheres. Yeah, yeah, it was just... Even for not a sellout that night, I think yeah. they had sixteen or 17,000. Because you got this... Um, Moe Dew's first half goal was as loud as I've heard that place, I think. Yeah, and I think the thing about that, even though it wasn't full, was that the people who were there were like diehards, you know? There weren't any like casual Delco families at that game. There weren't any just uh, free ticket, whatever kind of people. It was like that was the core, I think, of the Union fan base at the time. The River End was full and it was rocking. And then it was the diehard season ticket holders and people who came to multiple games a year. And so even though there wasn't a sellout, it was just amplified because those people just cared more about it. You know, it was, you know, Vince Guerra hit the post, I think, at the end of that game. Pedro <laughs> Ribeiro missed a wide open net. Heartbreaking um, that post shot. They really should have. <laughs> I mean, the difference obviously was Seattle bringing Obafemi Martins and. Gonzalo Pineda and like whoever the hell else off the bench and the union just didn't really have they had Brian Brown and Pedro Rivera yeah yeah it's one of those games that if you look back at it now there's kind of like layers of misery to kind of pull back like what if I can remember after that game you know what if Nogueira hits that shot and I thought Nogueira played a phenomenal game that night but just hits the post and And the assist and you know in the 2015 one too the assist that he had on the goal that they scored was one they played well as a team in both games. I mean, they, they probably play played well. as well as they could have played almost. That's they just, a disapp- just didn't have the they didn't have the horses. The yeah. disappointing thing about I think about both of those finals is that there's just a lot of like Matt was saying. There's a lot of what if, you know. It's yeah. not like they didn't play well, you know, and they had opportunities to win. But you go back and you you the Philadelphia Union now have their own catalog of like Joe Juravicious kind of plays, you know, where you can point to yeah. specific things in the game that that his post shot would have been. 
the top moment in in franchise history. Yeah, it would have been a cup. If it goes in, yeah. it was a great play between him and Chaco. I think it was kind of the little like that's like giving go two, thing. Yeah. It was a and great the play. Ball, and, the yeah. ball just looked like it was too high for him, and he. he it looked like he was waiting for it to come down, but he knew he wasn't going to be able to get the shot off unless he kind of went up and tried to side side volley it, and that's why he shanked it. So we've hit the top ten. Now. Top ten. Oh, good. Right. Top yeah. ten, which means that we've yeah. only got the forty like, minute mark. Yeah, we've we only got like four more firings that's left. All right. Yeah. Uh, number ten is the dramatic Cleberson goal, that free kick against Toronto in twenty thirteen. Um, I guess that was early October. Or, or September, um, kind of kept the playoff hopes alive. Was one of those, I think, was one of those moments where everyone looked at Hackworth afterwards and said, "Why'd you play him more? Well, how, how how's his quad now? Maybe yeah, you should have been not? playing him for a little while." I, that was, I think, probably one of the top five goals. In it's the most history. dramatic goal, probably, because it was the end of the season. They were fighting for a, a playoff spot, and they were close. And he scored in in the ninetieth minute, or. Stoppage it was time. in stoppage time. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was stoppage the end of the game. Time. So, like, as yeah. far as drama goes, nothing beats that one. Yeah, Joe Bendick didn't even move. <laughs> had no shot on it's that. crazy how that goal and the Barnetta free kick both were from the same exact spot against the same exact keeper. Yeah. Um, Barnetta's, I think, was just, a, like, a touch harder to... I mean, if we're splitting hairs here, I think Barnetta's clipped the bar and came in, and Cleverson's went in clean. But, I mean, they were both... I think when I did the top 10 thing, uh, like, a month ago, I, I just put them both in a tie for... Yeah, so we'll throw that one in the list yeah. too. Yeah, they've had yeah, like a lot, yeah, like a bunch of nice uh, free kickles, right? And uh, Harris had a couple too, bangers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, number nine, Sebastian Latou's controversial exit, part one. Oh, the first one. Which in twenty that's how bad was... it is that the same player, the, the, the top twenty five list of the Philadelphia includes, Union includes the franchise club icon, club icon being <laughs> traded twice. Well, I remember. And that was Chris Vito's claim to fame is he got a great scoop. He met yeah. Latou at uh, Kildare's, his favorite bar in um in Westchester, in Westchester right? yeah. yeah. And Latou told him all the shit that uh, Novak was saying was just BS. And yeah, because he story, didn't want to leave; he wanted to stay. The way it came out was that Peter was on trial. P- Peter Peter said that Sebastian asked for a million dollars, and Sebastian said that he asked for like around four hundred, uh, which for a fifteen goal score was not. Out of the question. And is probably close to what he was making in his second deal with the yeah. union. Yeah. So um, he's, he was basically just asking for a little bit of a raise, some contract security. Novak probably lied about it and so sent him to a Bolton on trial when Sebastian didn't want to go. And uh, But he said he wanted to go. Or uh, Novak said Latou Novak, yeah, said that he wanted to. So, uh, you know, I would defer to Vito on the rest of it but because he had the other the great Vito stuff. Right yeah. Yeah, I got the phone in here. I should try calling him. Um, this isn't Vito's first mention in the top ten. He's gonna he's gonna have one more coming up later. Yeah, I didn't so. expect to hear his name. He's called a, as much, uh, he had a lot going on. He, he oversaw an, an era of just <laughs> unmitigated chaos in Union history. So it makes well, sense. then yeah, and then uh, so Sebastian then, was shipped off to, and Vancouver. then you took over for him, and then I did, and boy, yeah. everything's just really looked up, <laughs> and now everything's great with the Union, perfectly run franchise. But that era also did include moment number eight. Which was the fact that the Union did host a playoff game. Yes. In 2011, yeah. Houston come into town and kind of, a, well, anticlimactic, obviously, because they lost that series, but just it's kind of a weird playoff setup because of Peter Novak. 
Yeah, and I think the thing that I remember most about it is that they came out in a formation that they hadn't played all year. Five man back line, five man defense with Stefani Migliorazzi, who I who I saw today at Penn. He was at the um, oh really the Swansea training session with a with a, he's an agent, right? He's Latou's agent. Yeah, he's an agent. He had a list of names or something that he was looking at today. I don't know. I didn't I didn't talk to him, <laughs> but um. Did you ask him about the 2011 playing sweeper? I, you know, I, if we if I knew we were going to talk about it on the <laughs> podcast today, I would have asked for a quote. But uh, yeah. Miggs playing as a sweeper, they conceded a goal within like 12 minutes, and Sebastian pegged one back. But I don't know. You just he did at, weird. at that time those Houston teams still coached by Dom Kinnear. They just had more experience, and you just always and they had Danny Cruz, which who was the X factor. Yeah, I don't but, think uh, anybody. I don't think anybody did anybody favor. Philly going into that not really. series. I, I don't think have they imagined it. But Peter Novak did. made a weird moves in the second leg too. He played like McInerney and Mwanga together for the first time. Right, like, he overcompensated he by weird, trying to did, throw yeah, like four strikers yeah, on the field. Just, yeah, he just did too much tinkering. Like he he just left what was working for them. Peter was a good game and, day coach, but he did have a little bit of Jurgen in him. You know, yeah. this idea of I'm just gonna you know throw some shit at the wall and see what happens. And but. they got swept, and they haven't won a playoff game since. And that leads us to... <laughs> that leads us to number seven, the first game at PPL Park, which uh, I think I covered that game. I know yeah. I did stories outside. I, that was I, a win I, over I, Seattle. Uh, I, don't th- I actually don't think I was there. I think I, I was at Channel 3. I covered this. I think I might have just covered the Sons of Ben barbecue that day. <laughs> That's a good story. I'm pretty, sure uh, I, I'm pretty, sure I uh, pretty sure I took the bus from the Chester Transit Center with Jonathan Tannewald. Who scored the first goal at PPL Park? Two had a PK. No, it wasn't him. No. Who was it? You'll like. You'll never guess. You probably won't even remember that he played for Seattle. No, I won't. It was uh, Pat Noonan. Okay. Never because he scored the penalty first, right. and it was one nothing. And, and then two had back. a penalty, mm-hmm. and I they think made it was a three one. to one. Yeah. Yeah. Pat Noonan. Yeah, he was a. Seattle I remember the Sander, PK but... by the two. Okay. okay. Yeah. Long time New England Rev. That's a good trivia. I remember. I uh, learned new things on this podcast. What I remember from the season or from the PPL Park opener is that there were a bunch of shootings in Chester that week, <laughs> and the city was on curfew that week. And so the Philadelphia Union opened their new stadium in a city that was under curfew because there were too many murders that week. Fun, Which leads us to fun fact: being a being a dumb college kid uh, who didn't have a car then, I, I remember looking at the map and going. Oh, the transit center is only eight tenths of a mile from yeah. PPL Park. Like I can right walk there. that, right? Yeah, it's like right there. I have uh, since changed my opinion. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yes, yeah. uh, where are we at? We're at number six. The Freddie Adu uh, press conference. Chris Vito is back. This this <laughs> we can't avoid him. So no. this would have been in 2011. This was before I think I covered the team in earnest. But I remember sitting at home. This was this it's was, a big signing. For but that, yeah. this was this was live streamed back then this yeah, was, and they always this was broadcast it was a big deal I they even have I, live stream in 2011 i guess they i think did. i rambled I, I think i rambled about this before but i love how the front office would always bring like every single jabroni in there and like fill <laughs> up fill up the press room to try to make it look more important than it really was that was like a philadelphia union like smarmy tactic was to get all the suits to go stand in the back there and just like smile yeah. and clap and be like real douchey and just be like oh yeah you know uh Look at our franchise. Look how important we are, you know? And then Peter Novak goes crazy in a press conference. Yeah. What do you mean impact? I, still... I transcribed that. He said impact at least 20 times. And Chris Vito, who asked the question about uh, Freddie Adu making an impact, what impact will he make? And and, and uh, Chris just had no idea how to answer it. Yeah, I don't. It I still don't know. I think, I guess we, we surmised then that Peter just felt like he was uh, 
he was being a father figure keeping expectations and, yeah, on him or something. He was know. tempering expectations in his own there Peter, you go. Thank you. In his own Peter Novak way. In his own <laughs> in his own Polish way. It's terrible, but that that quote is so good that now anytime anybody talks about the MLS franchise, my first instinct the is impact, to say yeah. What do you mean impact? <laughs> it's like the Allen Iverson yeah, practice really thing now. I mean, because it just comes up all the time. And it's, is it's it on YouTube? Like a, I feel like it should be. I just remember I don't being, think it is because I definitely... I, I, right. I, I don't if think that fan, video exists anymore because I, I went to try and find it and uh, I couldn't find it. It's got to exist somewhere. I'm sure I, I, I know the, somewhere. I, think I, have the I can tell you computer. somewhere in the Delaware County Daily Times archives, there is the picture of Peter Novak delivering the line impact and you could see him with like his one hand out <laughs> and like what do you mean impact and like his head tilted oh i miss that guy what do we got i don't number five <laughs> this is the first and i think only rice and Boley mentioned on the list um but good number five when he finally gets exiled that kind of weird I guess that was after, after the, the sporting KC, KC loss, game. He gives up two goals in stoppage time. The They're up two the on the Raymond lost three Lee two. game. Yeah. Yes. And then Jim tells us two days later in practice that he's gone or he's he's benched. And then we find out he's not in the country. Yes. And then, yeah, that goes down. A little and cloak and dagger. <laughs> every Rye, I tell you, man, every Raiz story was good for page views, man. People gobble that stuff up. But yeah. I, the, the resulting fallout from that was just the that Andre was injured. You had John McCarthy, and then the emergency loan where they sent Jen and Kadich to uh, what was the North Carolina to the, team to called? The Railhawks. They were the Railhawks, Carolina Railhawks right? and, for uh, Brian Silvestri, Brian Silvestri, former football player <laughs> who had played against the Union with with Harrisburg, and uh, then he was pretty Rice, good. Rice came, yeah, Rice came back, and they said uh, we meant yeah we mentioned this last pod right how they were playing in Vancouver and uh, they wanted to take Rice to Vancouver as the backup, and he said I'm not going to go unless to Vancouver unless I'm going to play. Yeah. Right, and that was was that Trey Mitchell. So they brought Trey Mitchell, yeah. the pool goalkeeper. This is the, tr- this is the Trey <laughs> is Mitchell good. podcast. That is good, Trey Mitchell knowledge. The union goalies. That is good stuff, man. I would not have remembered that name, but yeah, it was just a, that. That but was Jim such always a- hated Raiz, and if you go back to the uh, press conference when uh, he was signed, it was Nick, Jim, and Raiz, and Jim just for the first time. Uh, for the first like uh, five minutes, just looked so upset. He just had a blank, so miserable, yeah, and he was and, disappointed and with his knew. signing. Yeah, he hated my bully the yeah. whole time. He's, well, Jim signed him, him, so oh yeah, J- <laughs> Jim did sign him, but he hated him. It's very weird. Strange, Unless Nick yeah. told us something wrong, but that couldn't be buyer's regret. Yes, remorse. Speaking of Nick Zakovich, he's got to be somewhere coming up. He, he's getting there close, but okay. first, number four. I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pause for a moment and just to point out that of the top six five moments that we have written down. Two of them are people getting fired. One of them is Ray Simboli being exiled. That yeah. that says just about all you need to know. About yeah, it. we're getting there. Huh? It's, we're going to finish on a hopeful note. So if you if you've okay. held in fifty mo- fifty minutes, it's going to get better. If you've listened for uh, fifty minutes, you got it. I've, I've been holding it in all day. Number four, <laughs> Peter Novak gets fired, which I think in the moment wasn't maybe as big of a of a to do as we thought it was. But I think yeah. after the fact and all the lawsuits and the disclosures and all the yeah. flip-flop spanking that has ensued since then, we I, I think there's more to it now. We should have known at the time because they just made the playoffs in 2011 and this was like a few months into the 2012 season. It couldn't have, yes, it couldn't have just been make sure every, every time there's an abrupt firing now, as a journalist, we have to ask, was there spanking, was there spanking? of minors involved? <laughs> It's yeah. just, all of that just gives me like a huge headache, and I wasn't even like involved in it. You yeah. know, I'm like, God, we got to relive all this shit again. You know, that's why this is a one time only 
occurrence. That press conference with uh, Nick was another great one. I th- he had some. I was so, he had some funny quotes. I, what I remember is that the day before Peter was fired, or two days before, they played a friendly. It was May of 2012. They pl- played a friendly against Harrisburg in like Hershey. Yeah. And Andy Jasner and I drove up there for whatever reason. It was at the carnival, like the fairgrounds with like the stupid roller coaster going over in the background. And Peter was like acting like nothing was wrong. He was yucking it up with the fans in the crowd and he was just chilling. He was talking to us. He was blindsided. uh, (laughs) Yeah. um, Which which I I don't know. I just, that was my last, yeah, that was my last interaction with Peter Novak was him in Hershey. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Harrisburg City Islanders were playing like they used to play that like, goofy ass like music during the games yeah. or something like it was like an NBA game or something. It was just very like was minor that league, before you know? or after the Open Cup game in Boyd's because that was around then too. No, it was. Yeah, uh... I remember we talked to Peter then after the Open Cup game in Boyd's. Um... Yeah, because he was there twenty eleven, and then they went. Right? Yeah, and then yeah. they went to Toronto and. Because Hack, Hackworth's and... first, first game, I think they smoked the shit out of Kansas City, didn't they? Beat them yeah. like four to one or something. Yeah, John uh, Hackworth. We haven't mentioned him that much. It's all a blur. He also coached the Union. Sorry, Hack. <laughs> he did. Yeah. It's okay though. He's a good guy. <laughs> Which is probably why he's not, he's on, not on this list. list all John, that much. right? John Hackworth's yeah. not on the list because he's a decent guy who was just sort of got caught up in all. This. Yeah, jo- we uh, we actually so full disclosure. We, 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 we debated whether or not to have Hacks firing as one of the. One of these top twenty-five moments, yeah. and it really wasn't because it wasn't as salacious as any of the other ones. Yeah, it was just uh, wrong, 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 he just, wrong he, place, wrong time. He just kind of, kind of wound into this dark alley of just not having enough talent. I think it, once Hack got fired, like two days later, he had a picture on Instagram of him and his wife just like chilling at the beach, yeah. like he was like, it's like love and life. It's over. I can say I've talked to Hack <laughs> a few times since he's gotten <laughs> fired, it. and he sounds uh, it's, it's, a lot different. Yeah, he was not. We say. He, he was not too. Uh, he's doing good now for the U seventeens. Good for him. Yeah, he's a good guy. Number three. Okay, the Niksakevich march, and, uh, and I guess we can kind of lump yeah, in the we'll entire his, his firing, uh, yeah. five month decline as as Nick Sakevich. Number three should just be Nick Nick Sakevich. Yeah. Nick Sakevich. We we actually the, actually I don't know if you know this, but Kevin started this podcast on Nick Sakevich's American Express card. So <laughs> so it's it's a true story. Oh but God. I I think that March was maybe I don't want to say a, a coming of age moment a little bit for this fan base. Um but certainly one where they gained a lot of national attention it may be a little over the top because for all the all the things that you could say about nick sakevich as a you know he's a cancer survivor and to see his name on a coffin mm-hmm. i'm sure is extremely yeah, disconcerting that was misconstrued but, i think I, yeah. I think a little bit but um it was something that got national attention uh, that game against dc and um i think certainly hastened his exit and they won too which was ironic you know um but I think the um, yeah the, with Nick, I, I think the interesting thing about it is that um, if you talk to a lot of the originals, a lot of the first group of Sons of Ben guys and stuff, there's a lot of you know lingering loyalty yeah. to Nick for what he did in the early days of the franchise by identifying um, this this place, this market as something that could work, you know, and by turning it, down the Dodgers, I, I think. <laughs> Well, look, there was there are moments of uh, untruth uh, along the way, but I, I think when you boil it all down, if you, uh, if you if we take the Occam's razor approach here and just look at the most simple, you know, explanation for all of this, um, I mean, Nick Sakevich was instrumental in getting this 
franchise here, you know? He just, he hooked up with an owner who, unbeknownst to him, or to anybody at the time, like, you know, the, the stock market crashed, the real estate uh, market went to hell, and we're stuck with what we are now. I mean, Nick bullshitted his way, yeah, and bluffed, and, you know, whatever. Yeah, let's through. not give him too much credit. No, he, but, no but, just, but, know, but he is He good played at with starting. the truth a lot. He yeah. is good at starting things, and yeah. we saw that in, in what he did in New York. He yeah. was very good at getting shovels in the ground and getting things started and then when it came to taking the next step and turning a team into a sustainable contender he's never been able I'll to tell you it. I'll tell you a story since it's 50, he's a hard boss it, I know it's 55 minutes in but um, there's some other podcasts that are popular that go for like a fucking hour and a half so I don't know I guess we're all right. <laughs> I um, listen to one that's two hours so what's another what's, what's another was what like the build doesn't how long Simmons is the story for like the, it's it, I'll, I'll make it short okay. Nick Nick was upset with me when I was breaking a bunch of stories like two years ago or whatever. So he, uh, he asked if I wanted to meet up and talk and I was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. So we went to some place up in Wayne and he showed up like an hour late. I think he forgot about it, but then, then just said he got stuck in traffic or something. And by the time he got there, I was like two whiskeys in and he drank like five Stella's or something like that. And, uh, we had a really good, like conversation just about all the stuff surrounding the team, the media coverage, the shit he didn't like the stuff that was, going on with the ownership and stuff like that. And I, I think he was a completely different person when you got him one-on-one. And I told him straight up. I told him to his face, and we were both sitting there. I'm like, why, why don't we see this Nick Sakevich, you know, in press conferences and, um, you know, in group settings or scrums or, uh, you know, when you're standing up there and at a, a dais or whatever, you know? And he just kind of said, well, you know, you got to – you're working for the owners and you got to give the impression that everything's good – um, and you're moving in the right direction. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But, you know, the people in Philadelphia also don't like people bullshitting them, you know? So I just, I, I always feel like he was a different guy one-on-one. And we never, I, I don't think the greater community really got to see what he was all about. But, you know, he he never put it out there either, you know? So that's why, I, I don't know. I, I always thought that was disappointing that I, I don't think he was that guy that everybody thought he was. But he didn't do anything to help to help himself. He never did anything to help himself, you know? No, and I think all of us in the media had glimpses of him kind of behind the scenes as being a gregarious person that maybe differed somewhat from the way a lot of other people saw him. Yeah. But I'm like, I see, I'm old-fashioned. Like, I'd rather just sit down and talk to somebody and just, like, hash it out or whatever. And, I, like, he, he was always a person who I felt was, like, at least in those settings, I, I got it. But he was just a totally different person when he was around the suits and the owners and uh, uh, video cameras and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, look, this fan base will love you. This blue collar, whatever the hell, Philadelphia cliche market will love you if they see that side of you. And for whatever reason, we just we never did, you know? Yeah, that's true. So. We're up to number two, which oh, is actually almost a, there. A, a future-facing one, uh, which is the hiring of Ernie Stewart. That's kind of um, positive. Look at that. Yeah, there we go. There a little go. positivity seeped in here. Ernie by Stewart? Yeah, you can't say US Negadelphia. National team star. You, can't, you can't listen to this pod and claim Negadelphia. No, but uh, <laughs> I mean, we look at, what now, 2015 that he was hired. I think all of us in the media and probably a lot of people in the larger soccer landscape saw this as being a, a huge move for the union, bringing in a bona fide name, American soccer credentials, European experience. And so far, it's you know it's led to one playoff berth, and I think a he's positive a, direction for the union. He's had some good moves, had some bad moves, but just in general, yeah, it's definitely been a positive. Yeah, I mean, um, it was just a significant move because they never really had a player personnel executive, unless you want to count Diego Gutierrez. Or Chris really Albright, I, sort of, I do not. Or Ricardo Ansaldi, should we count? It was him? always the head coach making the, the like own moves, and that kind of changed with. Uh, and I think there was way yeah, too much power for. 
you know, I, it was guys all, like, yeah. guys like uh, you know, guys like Hack. It was probably a little bit too much power. It's a lot of pressure on Hack. He yeah, had to and bring why should they? Why should they have to be? Why an should... owner like Nick, who had nothing to do with the soccer I side, never made any right. strictly, whatsoever? Strictly a businessman. Yeah. Well, I just, I, you know, Ernie, I, I think, um, you know, opinions started to turn at the beginning of this year with some of the quotes that Ernie was, uh, or some of the goodwill that the fan base had with him, some of the quotes uh, that he was saying about, you know, don't, uh, don't come here to PPL every, or talent every game expecting us to win. Like, well, what the hell else are people coming for? Like, the I beer just, garden. We talked I thought about some this. of his comments were a little myopic, but I understood what he was coming from. And I think he was kind of, uh, starting to brace himself for the inevitability that, look, I don't have enough resources to work with. And whether it's going to be Ernie or Zakevich or Rob Vartusian or Ricardo Ansaldi or whoever the hell you want to say, <laughs> uh, it's gonna, it always comes back to Sugarman in the end. Yeah. He did sign Jay Simpson. so yeah. We did get Rob Vartusian <laughs> in there, so that's a that's We've a mentioned one. Diego Gutierrez. We've mentioned every name. We've, who have we not mentioned? Yeah. Juan Diego Gonzalez. Yeah. Thorn Holder. <laughs> yes, my neighbor. Thorn, I think, was the only... <laughs> Philadelphia Union player to be waived twice. Yeah. Was he? Who else got, who else got, Danny Sapero. Oh yeah, he's that's a good name. Yeah. How about uh He's Pengrad. Thank you. Joe Tate. Okay, we got we do have to move on. Joe Tate. Morgan number, Langley. The number one moment. <laughs> we got a drum Philadelphia roll? Union history. Oh, man. Let's see if I can insert it in there. <laughs> drum roll, please. Sebastian Latou Hattrick. <laughs> yes, Sebastian, first yeah. ever a positive. Game the yeah. first in ever Philadelphia. game in Philadelphia since yeah. the Adams or whoever. <laughs> so, so well. just to be clear, it according to our research, it has been all downhill <laughs> for the last seven years. God, and none of us were. Even, oh, like we weren't even there. I, think. I, 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 was I wasn't not able there to get day. there for some reason. You were in the stands. I know it was yeah. hard for like a lot of people to to um get in because of uh, Joe Biden being there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I think Walter Barr was there, right? Uh, <laughs> I was one of the I was one of the first people there. The more I remember, yeah, because I didn't start on the beat until later that year. Um, but I remember, yeah, we went. I went as a fan, I guess, for the for that game, and uh, parked my truck right outside of uh, the stadium. And one of my friends, his dad, makes like home brewed beer or something. Failed to tell me that all the beers were like ten percent alcohol, and so I was drunk as shit at like one o'clock. That's the best way to watch the Union. Yeah, as and it I turns remember, out, I remember. Yeah, I missed the first forty five. I missed the first. 40 minutes of the game because uh joe with joe biden being there the secret service was everywhere and like the lines to get in were just ridiculous and then i got lost like trying to find my seat by the time i finally got there i was i was like smashed on homebrew i have no idea where the hell i was um but i mean it was uh but a hat trick in the first ever game i mean that doesn't get like enough praise i think that's like it's pretty poetic and god knows it didn't there wasn't another hat trick for another six years with Alberg, until the next one, yeah, Alberg. and Ali Moreno That's having one, this year. one of the best assists I've ever seen. Um, it was a very Vince Noguera like diagonal in transition. Um, also, the weird play where uh, Jaime Moreno made Chris Seitz like drop the ball, and uh, that was weird. Yeah, and, and, yeah, like G- and Chris Seitz blamed Richard. himself, but it wasn't really his fault. But yeah, it was, it was illegal what he did, right? Um, yeah, it was just a heck of a a moment, you know. I mean, that's a, the, whatever you want to say about Sebastian Latou. It's it's um, he, he rose to the occasion. He's totally. a fifty. He's a fifty goal, fifty assists player in Major League Soccer. And if people want to look back on his legacy and say, well, he did a lot of that on a crappy team, I, I you know, um, you could find examples of that in. Any like any sport, you know. There's always his legacy be... is in good shape. I think. Yeah, yeah. There's always... Yeah, I think if the union ever start a Ring of Honor or anything like that, he's the first inductee yeah, by far for sure. With, and it, and it should without be. a without 
any him bar. first, and then a very long pause, and then yeah. and then Michael Farfan started thing number two. He's put himself, and in then Juan Diego Gonzalez after one game. You know, I, I think it was. Uh, I mean, I remember I I did get to see the last goal. I think uh, I was finally in my seat at that point. But yeah, it was well, something good. else. Man, it was like thirty some thousand people there. It was it was fun. And soccer came to uh, Philadelphia, and yeah. we're all better off since or something. Yeah, there you go. So as much as the neg- as painful as it was to go through those twenty five <laughs> things, there it really was hard. Such, that's why I joke about writing the book, the book, man. Because I'm just like, God, how much shit has happened to this franchise in a short amount of time? But you would. And not only that, but so much stuff that is just these little bits of minutia that are just every single not st- anywhere. That's a funny thing because every single instance that was everything, every single thing that was on that list also has then like four or five little earmarks on it. You know where oh, and then you know he moved Shane and Williams to center back because of that or whatever. Everything was like this big fucking domino of like. Uh, incompetence uh, yeah and generally it, speaking yeah. and so you, you people look back on it and you want to say oh everybody's being all negative and you choose to look at it i'm like dude if this was if anybody was paying attention to the philadelphia union back then i mean it, <laughs> it, can you imagine if, if that was the eagles or the phillies or the fly i'm like they, yeah. they're lucky that a lot of that stuff flew under the radar and nobody was paying attention because there was some stuff in there that was just come on man <laughs> save it for, we we're gonna have to save that for the book i yeah. know i keep talking about it but i'm like i am as as harrowing as it was to just relive all that stuff right now could you imagine it'd be hard to write, yeah. put it down on paper yeah. writing that book would just be no miserable. seriously though thanks for thanks for no write, time for questions i guess stuff. we no, have I, you know what I, I, let me see Look, we always want to uh over to an hour so just grab a couple quick ones zlatan is not coming here yeah. there's no equivalent of zlatan coming here well let me just go I'm through sorry, some guys. we don't have to spend a ton of time discussing let me just try to go through a couple rapid fire uh, mark says um Galaxy might be getting Eber to the Union see any money uh, since they had him on the Discovery Blackboard. No, uh, no, I don't think so because I think that changes all the time. That's fluid. I don't think Zlatan would still be on there. Would uh, it? It not necess- he could be on there, but it would probably necessitate them redoing their board and still keeping him on there. Yeah, from what I understood, the board changes very frequently, so who knows. But uh, And they would have to disclose that too because if you remember this, um, I know we said we're not going to spend a ton of time on it, but if, if you remember the Union got $50,000 from Chicago for – Delays right. rights, and there was actually a press release about that. And even if it's it's just fifty thousand dollars, which is not a ton, which is enough for MLS to say just shut up and give them the discovery claim. Yeah, for Zlatan. Why is Kincaid point? Oh, that's another. That's a response to something else. What's <laughs> well, um, a question? I want to hear that. Why is Kincaid pointing a dildo at him? He's looking at my the recorder that I'm uh, using at the Swansea thing. It's got the. The microphone has like the little uh, pop screen. That's pop a very juvenile on. joke. <laughs> Who made that? Should I play a late round of golf or go to the Swansea friendly tomorrow? You should play golf. I would golf. What is Simpsons? It is contract? Game of Thrones tonight, though. So keep that in mind if you're making your decision. What's Simpsons contract situation for 2018? There's probably an op. He's probably got another. Well, if Alberg and El Senior had two years guaranteed, then that's usually the structure of these foreign deals. They usually get two years guaranteed, and then the third year is a club option. Uh, I would have to look that up. But uh, I would imagine that he would not come over for less than two years. Corey deal. Burke, is Jamaica striker depth quality really low, or are we wasting a starting national team striker on our USL squad? No, Jamaica striker depth and question, quality. Is pre- Corey's, yeah. a, Corey's a good player, but, yeah, I mean, Sekou Kane would probably be would be first to come up from, from steel in that department. What's the likelihood the union actually splashed some cash for a number 10? Um, I don't think it's that likely. Uh, should we pack in the season and wait to free up salary from Adu, Ilsenio, and Alberg? Not yet, but um, it's getting there. Uh, There's no point in tanking, but 
They have no draft pick, right? How pumped are you to get <laughs> Christian Pulisic to sign with the Union when he's 33? I'm really pumped. Uh, are the Union? Can't building... you hear the pumpness in his voice? He's he's really pumped. Are the Union building momentum at the right time? Yeah, but everybody else is. Um, you, you really are rolling through these. No, I just I want to include everybody. Watch. So I mean, because why would I ask for shit if I wasn't even going to talk about? It? Uh, is there any whiff of transfer news so far for the Union? No, no. Uh, there hasn't been a whiff of anything. Here, yeah, we kicked Baxter. That's Baxter. Out, so, yeah. <laughs> Um, that's about it. There really wasn't a ton in there, I guess. So, um, yeah, that's it. Philadelphia Union, uh, Playing Swansea, Swansea Game of Thrones premiere Sunday. Yeah, we might see actually. What was who, who was uh, what did Tanner Walt say in the press conference? Did they find uh, Anthony Fontana? Did we think it was going to get a debut? Possible Fontana. I don't yeah. think there's a ton of other academy guys that would be in line because I think uh, a bunch of them have shipped out to college already. Guys like McKenzie, yeah, uh, maybe McMaster. I assume Matt Freeze has gone off to college and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but Fontana, because he's still going into his senior year, might be one. Hey, listen, uh, man, these play. are always these are always nice stories. I mean, it's it's, it's you go down there, um, you see a bunch of different people play, and then when you go back in the locker room, the stories are easy. It's something different. So I, I don't mind covering these games. I, I'm glad they got away from the Real Madrids and the Manchester Uniteds of the world and stuff like that. And now they just use this game as kind of like a like a bye week gold cup whatever the hell break kind of kind of keep in shape kind of thing i'm glad they're not doing like three a year anymore but uh now beyond that it'll be uh montreal and then columbus and columbus so that'll be the real stretch where we find out what this team really has they are who we thought they were they are who we thought they were i think that's the case but we'll see coming up so for dave zeitlin matt to george i'm kevin kincaid Thanks for listening for all 25 episodes. Seen another 25 podcasts. (laughs) It's always soccer in Philadelphia, episode number 25. Thanks for listening.